God even told Abraham that his seed would serve in a strange land and that he would deliver them. And I think he even told Abraham that it would be in 400 years he would deliver them. God spoke this once again. It was either to Jacob or Joseph that they would be delivered in 400 years. And so the patriarch said, well, be sure and take my bones with you when you leave Egypt. That was not because of his bones. That was because by faith he knew they would be delivered from Egypt. It is so interesting when you look at that which Stephen said about Moses. Because Stephen reveals something to us about Moses in the wilderness. When God spoke to Moses in the wilderness and showed him the flaming bush and the angel in the flaming bush and Moses turned aside to see the flaming bush and to see why the bush wasn't consumed by the fire. When Moses turned aside to see this bush, God spoke to him. God told him he was going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses' reaction was, who, me? You're going to send me on this? And yet, Stephen, uh, he tells us in this section of Scripture in Acts 7, as he talks about Moses, he tells us Moses knew he was going to be a deliverer of the children of Israel even before he fled into Midian the children of Israel. Even before God spoke to him in the flaming bush story, Moses knew God had called him to deliver the children of Israel, and he thought the children of Israel knew it, but they didn't. This is such an interesting story. It's in Acts chapter 7. As you may remember, Moses was born in Egypt at the time when Pharaoh decided that the children of Israel were getting too powerful, and he ordered the midwives of the Hebrew midwives, he ordered them to kill the male children and save the female children alive. So when Moses was born, his parents hid him for a time until he could no longer be hidden. And then they made an ark and put him at the side of the river. Pharaoh's daughter was coming out to the river to bathe, and she saw the ark, and she sent someone to see what was in the ark. And when she found it was a baby, she knew it was one of the Hebrew babies. She took that baby into her, her own house. The sister of Moses witnessed this, and she said to Pharaoh's daughter, Do you want me to find a woman to nurse the baby? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Yes. So Moses' sister took this baby Moses back to his own mother, and she nursed him as a baby. And then when the time came that she could turn him over to Pharaoh's daughter, she gave Moses back to Pharaoh's daughter. Now Moses was raised in basically the house of Pharaoh's daughter, and in the environment of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He was raised in a position of authority. So authority was something he was accustomed to. 
Now let's pick up uh, this story that is told by Stephen before they kill Stephen. It's in Acts chapter 7, verse 20. In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptian and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. He killed this Egyptian that was oppressing this children of Israel. Verse 25, For he, Moses, supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. Verse 26, And the next day Moses showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do you wrong one to another? Verse 27, But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust Moses away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? <laughs> well, God had ordained this, and it was going to happen later. And this neighbor who thrust Moses away said to him, Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses fled at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Median, where he begat two sons. He was forty years old, and he fled into the wilderness to escape Pharaoh, who was going to kill Moses, because Moses killed this Egyptian. It was after this that God revealed himself to Moses. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Senna an angel of the Lord in the flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers. This is the first time God openly reveals himself to Moses. And God said to Moses, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This is equivalent to us being born again. The first time God revealed himself to us. I was 37 years old when God revealed himself to me. I had already been baptized once in the Church of Christ. But I wasn't born again. I didn't have the Spirit of God. My life didn't change. But when I was 37, God spoke to me and said, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been doing all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sin. Now, how did God speak to me? He spoke to me by his Spirit. This was a thought that came to my mind. He revealed himself to me, not in person, but by his Spirit. 
Now looking again at this story of Moses, when Moses saw this flaming fire in this bush, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and dared not behold. Then the Lord said to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. You have to understand that when God reveals himself to us, it's not the same way. It's different ways that reach us. Different things he says to me versus Moses versus you. It's different things, but it's the same God. It's the same Holy Spirit speaking to us. God said to Moses, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and I am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. That was the story of Moses. That was the assignment God gave to Moses. We have our own assignments that God gives us today. And God gives us the spiritual gifts to fit the assignment to enable us to do what he has assigned for us to do. And we don't do the same things in the church. We do different things in the church. Now stop thinking of the church as the church building. The church are the individuals who have the Spirit of God. There may be two or three of them at the time that we talk to them or that we're with them. But that's the church. Today, people think the church is the Baptist church building, the Methodist church building, that church building. That's not the church. The church are the people of God. And we are the church whether we're in the grocery store or in our home or whether we're traveling someplace. We are the people of God, and we do our assignments wherever we happen to be. When God speaks to us, we do whatever assignment is we're given. Some have a gift of exhortation. Some have prophecy. Some have gifts of healing. There are a number of gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. You can read about these gifts. But we have different assignments. My gift is a gift of exhortation. That's why I urge you constantly, advise you, because to exhort means to urge earnestly by advice or warning. Plus, I have the offices of apostle prophet. With that gift of exhortation, I often work in the form of word of knowledge where God will show me some illness and I think the person is healed. Back when I was traveling on the road, that happened to me all the time. And then I also probably have a gift, a special gift of faith. Things were done in my life that I can't understand how in the world I could have done those things, except it was a gift of faith from God. 
because it wasn't anything I'd learned. And then there's also discerning of spirits, which I probably have, to do with this assignment. We have the gifts that fit the assignment. That's what we have. Pam Paget has a gift of helps. I couldn't even begin to do her what she does. She has an enormous ability to help people. She helped her neighbors when they needed help. She helps me constantly. She does all the technical work for the blog, the books, the podcast, Twitter. I wouldn't even know how to get those things out there. I write them and record them, but Pam is the one who has to publish them and make them actually go out to everyone in the various forms that are used today by Internet and by Amazon. She does all the technical work. So we have different assignments, but it's the same God, the same Spirit, but we can't do each other's assignment. We have to stay and work in our own assignment. Well, notice that here Moses is saying to God, you want me to go to Pharaoh? I don't know how to do that. I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't do that. And God says to Moses, who created your tongue? So we're going to read the story here of Moses. It is so interesting. It is so interesting the way God set up salvation to deliver his people. It's going to be done because it's the will of God. Salvation today is going to be done in the lives of individuals who are going to be saved by God. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God does it. Man doesn't do it. We can't make it happen. No man can save himself by his own will. It has to come from God. But he can make it happen, and he gives us his spirit. And that changes everything. So we're going to read about Moses, about God speaking to Moses, and the wonderful things that God set up. And when you read it, you will see it's all of God. No individual could have ever done this. Moses couldn't have done this. Aaron couldn't have done this. No one but God could do this. God did it because it was his will to do it. And that is salvation. Salvation is of God. Exodus chapter 1, start at verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land of Egypt was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. When they went down into Egypt, it was Joseph who went down first to Egypt. Then his father and eleven brothers went down to Egypt with all their household. Because there was a famine in the land, and Egypt had the food. And that's where Israel and the children of Israel went. And there were about 70 males at that time. When they came out of Egypt at the time of Moses, that we're going to be reading about, there were 603,550 men from the age of 20 years old and upward. You can see that number in Exodus 38, verse 
26. So they went down into Egypt with 70 men, and they came out of Egypt with 603,550 men plus women and children. And there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people to the Egyptians, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. I mean, here are these children of Israel, and they were slaves, basically servants to Pharaoh. And yet they had grown in numbers to 603,550 men plus women and children. And Pharaoh says, Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, that they join unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Pharaoh was afraid that the children of Israel would leave the land of Egypt, which is exactly what God is going to cause. Therefore, Pharaoh set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they, the Egyptians, were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. The children of Israel at that time were basically slaves, servants to the Egyptians. Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of, well, I'm not going to go into their names. I can't even pronounce it. But he spoke to two of these midwives, these Hebrew midwives. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Egyptian women and see them upon the stools giving birth, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men's children alive. During this period of time, Moses was born. And when Moses could no longer be hidden, he as a baby was placed into an ark of bulrushes and daubed with lime, with pitch, and with and. His mother put the child in this ark, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Exodus 1.3 Pharaoh's daughter came upon the ark and took Moses into her own house to raise Moses as her own son. But Moses had to be nursed like a little baby. So she sent him to his own mother, unknowingly it was his own mother, in order for her to nurse Moses as a baby. 
And the child grew, and she, his mother, who had been nursing the baby, who was Moses' real mother, brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. She said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he was 40 years old at the time this happened, that he went out unto his brethren and looked upon their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And Moses looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian, and he hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And Moses said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou fellow? And this guy said to Moses, Who made thee a prince and a ruler, a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known about him killing the Egyptian. Now when Pharaoh heard this, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat by a well. And at that point he went to live with the priest of Midian, and he gave him his daughter to be his wife. And Moses had two sons in this period of time. Forty years passed before God revealed himself to Moses. So he was 80 years old when God revealed himself to Moses in the flaming fire of the bush. The purpose of this review in the Old Testament is to get us to focus on the word that God spoke. The word that God spoke to Moses, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph. The word that God spoke. That's what's important. And in our own lives, it's the word that God speaks to us that we must keep before us and focus on. Now God is going to reveal himself to Moses. Exodus chapter 2. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Now this is the king that was going to kill Moses. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage that they were under with the Egyptians, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. These children of Israel were basically crying for God to deliver them. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burned up. 
And when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here am I. And he, God, said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. God identified himself to Moses at this time. Verse 6, Moreover he, God, said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up into a good land, and a large, unto the land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. God was going to give his people the land of these nations. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression where with the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now, therefore, God says to Moses, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses is basically horrified with this idea. And Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And yet Moses knew 40 years earlier when he killed the Egyptian, he knew that God was going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. That's interesting, isn't it? Acts chapter 7. Back to Exodus chapter 3. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he, God, said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your father has sent me unto you, and they say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And God said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, moreover said unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is God's name forever, and this is 
God's memorial to all generations. And God said to Moses, Go and gather the children of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done unto you in Egypt. And I have said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And then God said to Moses, And they shall hearken to your voice, and thou shalt come, and thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go, that we beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And then God said to Moses, And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. God says, I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. God is basically speaking a prophecy to Moses, telling him what is going to happen after he brings all of his miracles upon the nation of Egypt. All of the flies, all of the hail, all of the various things God brings, and the last miracle that God brought was the killing of the firstborn of all the Egyptians and the Passover where he passed over the children of Israel. But that's all prophecy at this point in time. Moses is still in the wilderness, and it's after all of this, Moses is going to be convinced by God to go back to Egypt and deliver the children of Israel by the word of God. Now Moses is going to try to reason with God that I don't have the ability to do this thing that you're telling me. Exodus chapter 4 verse 1, And Moses answered God and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared to you. And the Lord said, to Moses, What is that in thine hand? And Moses said, A rod. And he, God, said, Cast it on the ground. And Moses cast the rod onto the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. 
And the Lord said furthermore unto Moses, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And Moses put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, white as snow. And God said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And Moses put his hand into his bosom again, and brought it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. The leprosy was gone. Verse 8, And it shall come to pass, God says, If they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the land. At this point, Moses is going to try again to convince God that he can't do this. Verse 10, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither hitherto nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. In other words, he's saying, I can't go to Pharaoh and talk to Pharaoh. And the Lord said unto Moses, Who has made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf, or seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Moses is going to try to continue to convince God he's not the right man for the job. And Moses said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And God said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and shalt put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he, shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou do signs. So God is saying to Moses, All right, I'll speak through Aaron. You will give him the words to speak. You will be like a God to Aaron. I will give you the words. You give the words to Aaron, and Aaron will speak the words. So that satisfied Moses, and Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. So God has sent Moses into Egypt to do his signs and wonders 
and to speak his word, both to the children of Israel and Pharaoh. As God sent Moses, God sends us today. The offices of the New Testament church are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, which Jesus gives from heaven a calling of God to those people who are going to work in those ministries. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher given to the New Testament church for the purpose of edification, and he gave these ministers Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the work of the ministry today in the New Testament church. Ephesians chapter 4. God says to each one of us who are born again, Jesus says, John 10, 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice. If we belong to God, we hear his voice. And Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. We follow the Spirit of God because we've been given the Spirit of God. We, the sheep of Jesus, have been given the Spirit of God so we are able to follow what Jesus tells us. And I give unto them eternal life. Not to the world, not to all the people, the sheep. If you're born again, you are one of the sheep. And Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and none is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. There is no man, there is no spirit that can pluck us out of the hand of God when we belong to God, when we are one of the sheep. If we belong to God, if we're one of the sheep, And many people in churches don't belong to God, though they think they belong to God. You know when you belong to God because God has revealed himself to you in some manner. Like he revealed himself to Moses, like he revealed himself to me, he has revealed himself to you somehow, in some manner. And when he revealed himself, he gave you the Spirit of God so that you can follow God. We are the sheep. We follow God. We have the Holy Spirit of God to show us the will of God in the issues that pertain to this present life. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.